We are back at it. Welcome back to the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined by Kyle Porter, who looks like he is in the Arctic Circle with his Justin Thomas, Patrick Reed, Ryder Cup hat on. You got all the Ryder Cup swag. You even have a beanie. This is incredible. Yeah, I love the Ryder Cup. Nobody loves the Ryder Cup more than me. Well, you need Team Europe gear, as I said last time, because like, you're you, you like you like Rory more than Patrick Reed, so or Ricky. You need more Team that's, Europe gear. That's true. I, I yeah, there there were uh, there was a contingent of golf media, uh, some of the no laying up people that uh, rooted for Europe last last go around last time. That's which so is, wrong. It's it should be treason. I mean, it's it's horrendous. Um, is it not cold there? I'm freezing. My shed this morning was like 40 degrees. No, it, I woke up this morning and checked my phone. It was 25 degrees here. So <laughs> it's, it's cold here too. Yeah. Brutal. Uh, but I, but I'm, I'm indoors at in my home, not my, uh, not my shed. So I've it's got a little my, warmer got my, for me. I got my space heater. I've got, I've got everything, uh, everything going, but, um, yeah, we, we have, a lot of questions on, uh, yeah. on the mailbag today for everybody, for everybody listening to the podcast, uh, we're doing this live. So we're on Facebook, but, uh, if you're listening on the podcast, obviously, uh, we posted it later on. So, um, let's do, we got we have to do another toast this week, Carson, because it's a, it's a double toast week. We didn't have a, we didn't have a guest. Uh, I'm going to toast first to give you time to, to think of somebody because we didn't talk about this, this beforehand, but uh, it's time for the Coop Ale Works Toast of the Week. Coop Ale Works, brewing great-tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing refreshing horny toad blonde. If you're next watch party tailgate or get together with friends, enjoy a cold Coop Ale Works, and please remember to drink responsibly. You still there? You there? Yep, I'm back. Sorry, I got a uh, I got a phone call. Um, so I am going to toast uh, Mike Yursich, Actually, the assistant. Oh, yeah, no, I know. The guy you wanted fired. Yeah, a ago? yeah, yeah. I know. I didn't want him fired. Technically, that's not what I said. I said it's worth evaluating every every coach, every position when you have a disappointing season. Um, but the assistant coaching salaries came out this week. Uh, and they're pretty interesting. I just posted about it on the blog. Mike Yersich, the 70th highest paid assistant coach in the country, uh, just orchestrated the uh, number three offense in the country in terms of points per drive. Um, that's pretty good. You know, and he hasn't been – he's had – we've talked about this a ton. He's had uh, ups, ups and downs throughout his career. But uh, Oklahoma State's offense was really good this year for the most part. And and props to him for figuring all that out. Um, I don't buy the you're only as you know. Let's see what he does with bad players. Of course, like everybody's as good as the players you have. And uh, so yeah, next year's going to be interesting if he's still in Stillwater if he doesn't get a head coaching position. But I'm going to toast a a coop F five to Mike Yursich for the job that he did in 2017. No, I like that. And uh, I've had several discussions on Twitter with some fans about him who just despise him and. I retweeted that you know the the stats were they're one of the highest scoring teams in the league. Like by any statistical measure, they had one of the best offenses in the entire country. And is that a reason to get rid of your offensive coordinator? Absolutely not. And uh, I mean, I just go back to 
when he first got there. They had no offensive line, zero talent at running back, and he created a running game out of thin air with J.W. Walsh. Like, has the offense been this good every season? No, but he, he inherited some, some challenges at quarterback and at the running game and the offensive line. Now that he has a good quarterback and a good receiving core and everything that he helped recruit, you see the results. So, and again, I, I and people will cite the, uh, you know, one guy brought up the 2013 Bedlam game. And to me, that's, that's Gundy going into his shell, not, not Mike Yersich. And um, I think all you have to do is look back to Bedlam this year when Mike Gundy said, look, I, he, Yersich was on fire. I shut up. I, I turned the headset off. Yeah. And what happened? He, they were uber aggressive and to likes we, to, to the likes which we've never seen. So, I don't think you can call for Mike Yurcich's job under any under any notion. So, I, I like that toast. Do you have one of your own? I do. I didn't know if you're ready for it or not. <laughs> um, I am going to toast. Let's see here. Who am I going to toast? I don't really have one. Um. Who am I? I don't really have one. Do you have any suggestions? <laughs> <laughs> well, I toasted Brad Lumblight. I, I stole that on uh, Tuesday because he's had kind of a fun week in in New York. Is yeah, and I did I did Washington. Um, I'm gonna toast uh, Marcel Aitman. How about that? Yeah. We'll do uh, uh, we'll we'll do like a Saturday that. siren. I love the Saturday siren. So good. <laughs> I'm gonna do one of those. For Marcel Aitman, I saw he was on the uh, first team All Big Twelve, the Pro Football Focus that, yeah. that grades the players. Pretty awesome to be that high in the Big Twelve with the amount of receivers that they have in the league is pretty impressive. And I'm interested to see where he lands on some of the All Big Twelve teams that haven't come out yet, like the AP. The AP yeah. is always better than the coaches. You and think? So I mentioned yes, because they actually know what they're talking about. I mean, the, the coaches didn't have Bobby Evans, OU's right tackle, who had. As good or better season than Orlando Brown, he wasn't on the first or second team. So you you were you were saying that us and the media know more than the coaches do about. Well, we can watch more games. Certainly, those guys yeah. are playing on Saturday, and then they're getting ready for the next team. They're not sitting down and grading out, you know, every player. Or they certainly don't watch as many games. I wouldn't think. Yeah, I like that. Marcel Edmond was. What do you think about the idea? Hayden Barber brought this up in like August or September. And at the time, I was like, okay, let's let's pump the brakes. He, he was talking about him being a potential first-round pick, and I was like, ah, that seems like a lot. Um, but I've seen some, some mock drafts that have him as a first-round pick. I think CBS Sports had one and maybe somebody else. Do you, do you buy that? Are you in on that? It would be hard to see him going in the first round just because only a handful go in the first round. Uh, um, and – I wonder if his speed will be a concern for some scouts. You know, the NFL puts so much stock in the 40 and and stuff like that. But I do think he'll be drafted pretty high, you know, maybe second or third round. I just to get in the first round, you have to a have a great season, which he has, and then you I think you have to test off the charts. That's usually what happens with that. But I could be wrong. I mean, I think Washington will go towards the latter half of the first round. I have a hard time seeing Aitman going that high too, but maybe I'll maybe I'll be wrong. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, okay, let's get our let's get our uh, uni preview out of the way, uh, and then we'll get we'll get right to the question. So let's get to this week's uniform preview, brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Chris's 
Uh, just got a new batch of shirts in today that they are printing, so we reloaded our stock on the store. Uh, if people want to go check that out, pfbstore.com. They print oh. and ship our shirts, and they've been doing a great job. Um, but, Carson, we need to talk about a, a cryptic tweet from this week sent by the Oklahoma State basketball account. Um, we're getting we're getting Curse of Cowboys this weekend, aren't we? It sure seems like it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why they would tease that tweet the way they did without it being something that fans would really be jacked up about. Maybe, maybe Kyle, they're going to debut like tie-dye uniforms that I mentioned last week. Because they, they already got teal. Why not do like uh, magenta or uh, lime? Lime green. That's what they're going to wear, Kyle. Lime green cowboy jerseys. That's what they're going to be. I, I told my, uh, my four-year-old daughter about uh, that you wanted – uh, I call them rainbow uniforms just because that's what that's what she knows. She was fired up. She's like, let's let's do this. Bless so, her heart. She's so sweet. May, maybe maybe they go rainbow uniforms. Who knows? Now I, I'm excited about. You know we we were uh, we were told at the beginning of the year. I think they had was it six five or six different uniforms. I lost track. And so we've seen four of them with the with the teals. But uh, we haven't seen the Curse of Cowboys, and hopefully they have one other. Um, should, should be a good game, though, hopefully, against Wichita well, State. Well, I was told by Brad Underwood himself that they were getting well. Curse of Cowboys uniforms, and he left town. So at Mike Boynton's <laughs> introductory press conference, I went back to uh, one of the OSU representatives and said, okay, I know Brad's gone, but are the Curse of Cowboy uniforms still in like the closet or what? And they, they both assured me that, yes, that – they were still going to do Curse of Cowboys. So I hope that's what we're going to see. We don't know that's what it's going to be, though, Kyle. It could be something else. could be like a, you know, Oklahoma Aggies throwback from like the 40s, which I think you would love. But uh, oh, yeah. it, like, what is your reaction going to be, Kyle, if we see the Curse of Cowboys? Like, are you going to fall out of your chair? Are you going to faint? Like, I might. Well, I mean, they've, they've done it the last few years. At, at the... Kind of. Well, they've had like last year they had the tops. They kept the regular shorts, but they but they had the tops. So you're talking about full like two thousand. Well, I don't think they're going to be exact to scale replicas of Doug Gottlieb's era, but just seeing the Curse of Cowboys on a more regular basis, rather than just one one or two games, will be uh, that should be their full time uniform, really. Well, the yeah, the Curse of Cowboys to me is like the San Diego Chargers powder blues. It's like why are you why are you wearing something else like what are you what are you doing where are we at in society maybe um, there'll be teal uniforms with cursive cowboys on the front <laughs> maybe that's what they're gonna be what? <laughs> i can't stand those okay uh you want to you want to you want to mailbag it you want to do this great first question okay uh, good pistolo asks <laughs> if baker and rudolph trade places the last three years what are the results in the Big 12? And the two comments might be better than the questions. The first comment is, if Baker played for OSU, he'd be in an Arkansas jail. And then the second comment is, Gundy probably never starts him because he doesn't practice well. I mean, that's that's a walk-off question and a walk-off two comments right off the bat. That, that second comment is spectacular. That's so yeah, good. Like, Baker would have sat... He would have played Trevor Knight over Baker Mayfield. Um, so we have a problem for Oklahoma State. 
Well, we have a lot of problems for Oklahoma State. <laughs> Problem for Oklahoma State is your argument for Mason Rudolph for Oklahoma State's offense is, but the defense stinks. But the defense, whatever. Guess who has? A, guess who had a be, a worse defense in the Big Twelve than Oklahoma State? Oh, you did. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. Based on what? Based on based on points per drive within the Big Twelve. OU's defense gave up more points per drive in the Big Twelve than Oklahoma State's did. These facts only. These are What's these the num- are. Tell, tell me the numbers. Let's hear okay, it. Okay, I'll look it up. I yeah, did this. I did up. this. To, I did this today. Um, Oklahoma in the Big Twelve gave up uh, 2.27 points per drive, so 2.3. Oklahoma State in the Big Twelve gave up 2.2. Oh my gosh, just such a worse defense. So <laughs> a tenth of a point. Yeah, but I'm but I'm just saying <laughs> your argument for Oklahoma. That State, tells me they're equal. Your argument for Oklahoma State and Oklahoma State's offense and Mason Rudolph can't be, but their defense is so bad because Baker Mayfield's about to take the same defense or a worse defense to the national championship. Yeah, I I agree. I would say they're the same. Like, and I would argue that they went in two different directions. You know, OU's got better as the season went along. OSU's got worse, despite the competition increasing for both. Uh, that, to me, is the big difference. And uh, look, like, Mason Rudolph's had an unbelievable career. He's a finalist for the Davey O'Brien. But Baker Mayfield's about to break his own record for efficiency in the history of college football. He's yeah. about to break the yards per pass, I think, ever. I think Michael Vick in 99 is the only one that comes close to the yards per pass that he's averaging. He's just Michael Vick in 99 was awesome. Yeah, that's that's how good Baker's been. So, I mean, nothing against Mason, but uh, I think OSU would have won the Big 12 and they'd be in the playoff right now if they switch quarterbacks. Would they have won it all 3 years? Uh I don't know. That OU team was loaded with P Ryan Mixon, Westbrook, P Ryan Mixon the year before that. They went to the college football playoff. Uh that's hard to say. I think I think that uh, if Rudolph was on, on OU's team, I think they would have won it in 15. And I think Oklahoma State with Mayfield would have won it in 16 and 17. That's fair. I think OSU was far better in 16 and 17 than they were in 15. So I would agree yeah, with that. And that 15 OU team was – they were impressive. Yeah. Especially they, offensively. They led Clemson at halftime, and then it got away from them in the yeah. playoff. By the way, I think OU's going to win it all. I know we've – do we talk about that on Tuesday? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's hard for me to envision someone outscoring Baker Mayfield, but yeah. we'll see. Um, okay. Let's see here. Did Gundy get anything else for the program besides his raise? There was word that Booster said they would help him with resources earlier in the season. Uh, is Oklahoma State getting an increase in the recruiting budget, money to hire a real special teams coach, and an increase in budget for assistance? Uh, I don't know the answer to any of those questions, but they don't like. I think there's some confusion about like the special teams coach thing. W- what's going to happen in January is that every team in the NCAA is going to be allowed to hire a a tenth coach. So whether you, I mean. You, you have to make the money available. It's not like they need to, you know, free up some funds and and bring in somebody that's like a good special teams coach. They're just there's just gonna there's gonna be another coach. Whether I mean there can be whether they 
like it or not. And so they're just going to pay whoever it is to coach whatever they want. Hopefully it's special teams. I would think that's what it is. And I think the, I think the booster stuff like the, Hey, we'll give you whatever you want stuff is, it feels like separate from like the Gundy flirting with Tennessee to get a bigger contract like that. That doesn't seem to be like a thing that's within the the negotiations. Maybe it's a handshake deal or whatever, but I, I don't think that that is the kind of thing that was negotiated in this recent contract. Well, I don't, I don't think any of this is rock solid, but I've heard that Gundy wants more football specific facilities, like maybe perhaps an academic center yeah. specifically just for football. I think, it's very similar to some of the stuff Jimbo Fisher was asking for at Florida State and was getting. He got a lot of what he asked for, but he really wanted like a football-only facility, which costs like $30, $40 million. And they're going to build one for Florida State, but Clemson already has one. I think there will be a lot of discussions between Mike and uh, Chad Weiberg and, and Mike Holder as far as just keeping up with the times facility-wise. I know we have great ones right now, but I think he's arguing you have to keep building to stay relevant, to stay at, at the cutting edge. And I think perhaps there's some fatigue from OSU's administration on what to build. Are we building too much? Don't you have enough at this point? I think that's probably where he butted some heads. And obviously assistant pay is always something that coaches want more. They want, they all want more. Yep. So I think it was more than just salary. I think it was a little bit of everything. Did you see where they ranked in assistant pay? They were, they were uh, 24th in the country. Do you do you feel like that should be higher, lower? Do you think that's about right? Well, it should be higher, but I was shocked how much Yursich and Glenn Spencer made to begin with. So I'm kind of surprised they're only 24th. That tells you how crazy the salaries have gotten. Iowa and is another higher. thing that's Iowa is Missouri, they dropped Kentucky. 50, they dropped, wow, that's that's not good. But again. I don't know why you have to pay Mike Yersich $500,000 when you hired him from Shippensburg. Wasn't, wouldn't he sign for a hundred thousand? Like you had, they, like they had all, they had all the leverage there. Like now that he's done a good job, I can see, you know, where, I mean, to me, hiring someone from that level, you had all the leverage. Why would they were paying him that from the jump? That to me is crazy. That'd be like hiring one of our right, like like if they hired Adam Lunt, like he'd probably go, he'd probably pay to go do it. <laughs> yeah, like would Lunt command five hundred k off the bat? <laughs> no. So that that's always kind of bothered me. It's like, why are you paying this guy that? You, you got him out of nowhere. Like you're, to, he's fortunate to be, to be in Stillwater. <laughs> to be fair, I I think he started it at four hundred or something like that. And then he's That's still outrageous. And then he's gone up from there. Um, okay, do you, do you have another one? I, I've got one that I'm looking at right now that I think is go for it. I haven't really been looking, uh, but I'll look now. Do we do we really see a firing of Glenn Spencer this off season? And if so, who do you want? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, Glenn obviously is a great great guy, great coach. As far as you know, everyone respects him. I do wonder if Mike Gundy is content with how his defense looked this year. I mean, he's he pulled the trigger on Bill Young, and a lot of that was recruiting uh, based. He wanted to get younger and a better recruiter. But I just I don't know how he can look at the results the last four, five, six years with how much how much uh, resources they put into the defensive side of the ball, and they're just not getting the results. It's to me, it's no different than your offense not scoring any points, your defense getting shredded the way it did, I think I think it's time to make a move. I, I question whether Gundy will do that or not. But if he does, 
he's going to wait until after signing day until all the recruits. That's just how the, it's shady. It's it's gross that they will wait to fire a coach after he signed all his players. But that's typically what happens. And if I had to predict, I would say yes. But I'm not as I'm not as confident as some others. Well, I'll answer the second part of that. I have no idea what's going to happen, but um, if it does happen, the defensive coordinator at TCU, uh, Stephen Mandeville, wrote about this on uh, two. You're in, you're in love. You are in love. So TCU, we can all agree, has a great defense. I know that Gary Patterson's in charge of it or whatever, but this guy's his his title is the defensive coordinator at TCU. He played football at Oklahoma State. He went to school at Oklahoma State. He he was a college football player in Stillwater, USA. Bring him bring him home. Play the LeBron music. What whatever, whatever it takes. He rides for the brand? Is that what you're saying? Maybe. Get him on the podcast. I don't care. But Well, look, th- this was the point I made weeks ago. Why on offense can Mike Gundy and Mike Yersich take plays from other teams and put them in that, that week? Why can't they just copy what TCU does? They have the same level of athlete on defense. TCU is not recruiting like Texas or Oklahoma, yet they play top 10, top 5 level defense all year. Why can't they just take a coach from TCU, like you just mentioned, and plug him in? Why is that so complicated? I don't think it is, and I, I like that idea. Yeah, I love it. I, I don't... I think, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it's a good question. I, you've been asking that question all year, and I still don't have an answer to it. I, I think it's, well, it's, I think and, it's and valid. Again, I think, and I do think if they make a move from Glenn, I think most of us assume they're just going to promote uh, Joe Bob, who I like. I think he's done an unbelievable job with the OSU defensive line. Their defensive line looks different than it has since, you know, the early days with Kevin Williams and Jamal Williams. Uh, but I, I just think you need to go outside your tree, your coaching tree, your bubble in Stillwater, your box to make any to make any real impact. I mean, we've seen Glenn Spencer got promoted under Bill Young, and that results just haven't been there. So I think you need to, much like how they brought in Dana Holgerson from outside their little bubble, and he totally revitalized their offense. I think you do the same thing with the defense. Yeah, it'll be interesting. At you know. I think it'll be interesting to see if Yurcich gets a job to see. I mean, Glenn Spencer, I, I believe he interviewed for a job last year, like uh, Georgia Southern or, or Georgia State or somebody like that. Uh, so maybe he gets a job. Who, who knows? So I, I, I don't know what's, what's going to take place. Well, that's also telling too, Kyle, when your assistants aren't interviewing for head coaching jobs or there's no even like rumors. Like people aren't exactly clamoring for, for Glenn or Mike Yurcich at this point. That's not a good sign. And I know that's what Gundy prefers. You know, he likes continuity and he's tired of all his coordinators leaving, but it's a good thing when your coordinators get hired. That means you're doing an unbelievable job. But well, I don't understand why people don't want Yersich. Num- number three off. That'd be like saying, I don't want Lincoln Riley, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm fair. Not, I don't, obviously Lincoln Riley is a superstar and I don't, I don't think Mike Yersich is, but if you look at the coordinator for the number three offense in the country, that has to, I mean, that has to mean something. Well, and you look at the the coaches that have come from the offensive coordinator position. They've all been pretty successful. Todd Munkin did a really good job at Southern Miss. So did Larry Fedora. That's how he got the North Carolina job. Uh, Dana Holgerson's still doing a good job at West Virginia. There's a track record there, too. So, yeah, it's kind of a mystery. Maybe once these bigger jobs get filled, maybe we'll start to hear more about Yersich. Yeah, maybe so. Um, okay, what else we got? Uh, let's see here. 
I didn't have one ready. Uh, what do you think the attendance will be for the Wichita State game in basketball? Uh, I think there will be 9,000 people there. 9,000? I don't know. 8,000? Something like that? I'll go like seven. So you'll go six. You'll go like five. Half. You'll go half. Four. <laughs> you'll go half and I'll go. I'll go half. I'll go half a full or half empty depending on your, uh, your outlook. <laughs> yeah. I'll go a little over half. What's your, what's your take on the attendance deal? I mean, we talked about this on Tuesday, but, um, uh, you, I, mean, I mean, what, why, why do you think people won't show up on Saturday for Wichita state? Well, I mean, that's a good question. I think, I think the crowd will be better for sure. Cause it's a better opponent. And so on the weekend, it's not a midweek game, but the answer to why the attendance is down is obvious to everyone who has a, a brain like the hire that was made was uninspiring. I mean, again, I like Mike Boynton. He came on our podcast, which was unbelievable. Uh, he's a great guy. I'm going to give him a chance to recruit and build his own program. But I can also see where fans are so down on on the regime of, of Mike Holder and the basketball program. I mean, it's been a – Gallagher Iba has turned into a, a pit of infinite sadness ever since Eddie Sutton was the coach. It's just been one thing after another. And then the way he – totally botched the Underwood deal and then doesn't even conduct a national search. He just interviews the assistants and hires one and, and Doug Gottlieb, uh, was, was a, was a horrible, horrible, uh, decision and in a way to run your athletic department. Would, would Joe Stiglione have ever done that at Oklahoma? Absolutely not. And to me, it shows a lack of commitment to the basketball program. So I think the fans are showing their lack of commitment as well. And I don't, I don't ever be downgrade or begrudge fans from not attending anything. You want to spend your, your hard-earned dollar however you want, I'm cool with that. And the fact that the ticket prices are still outrageous speaks totally on Mike Holder. I mean, the ticket prices went up, Kyle. Up. Season <laughs> tickets went up. I just like, like, it when, I just like it when you say be downgrade. <laughs> it's part of our you, – you said it last podcast – Part of our lexicon. Here, here's a great scenario that I have thought about recently. <clears throat> okay. Uh, Gunsmoke Jake. Great. These names are fantastic, by the way. That is uh, I want I want to start off by saying I'm a Mike Yersich fan. Back in 2012, Lincoln Riley's name was discussed as a replacement yeah. for Todd Munkin. Yeah. If, you, if you're a head coach in 2012, don't you hire him instead of Yersich? If you know you would only have Riley for four years, would you still have hired him? And how would the trajectory of the programs changed? I think Riley would have been in Stillwater for about one season, just like Dana Holgerson. I think that's why Mike Gundy didn't hire him. But it is an alternate universe, Kyle, because Lincoln Riley was linked at OSU for like three years in a row. Yeah, you know, yeah. especially after the Munkin stuff, and now he's the head coach at Oklahoma. It's kind of bizarre how that worked out. So we just put Baker Mayfield and Lincoln Riley in Stillwater for <laughs> some period of time. <laughs> no, uh, it, it, ba- Baker was going to OU, but yeah. It's it's true though, I, and and you can't you can't start hiring based on like what your opponent is going to do or what other teams in the Big Twelve are going to do. But and, and I think we're going to look back on. I didn't realize it at the time, but I think we're going to look back on the transition from Stoops to Riley and say, "Wow, that was that was unbelievable." Like that's how you're supposed to do it, and they nailed it. And as an Oklahoma State fan, it's frustrating that they nailed it because that means there's no, there's no period of time where you can get a foothold as as a as an Oklahoma State team, or even even if you're Texas, 
it's just like the, the dominance continues. And, um, you know, it felt crazy at the time because Lincoln Riley's our age. He's 34 or whatever. And now it's like he's a superstar. He's a, he's a freak play caller. He's unbelievable. And maybe maybe he doesn't do – I mean, obviously he doesn't do as well with Baker Mayfield, but it's clear that he knows what he's doing. He's an elite recruiter, and that sucks. Like, it sucks for Oklahoma State. He's unbelievable, and honestly, he's going to improve their recruiting. I mean, he's kind of already revitalized that. So, yeah. I know. Uh, I know. Another great question, and this would kind of be like a, a, a karmic reversal of history. What if OSU hired Paul Rhodes as defensive coordinator? He's a defensive coordinator at Arkansas. He totally ruined the dream season in 2011 as the coach of Iowa State. Wouldn't that kind of be like a karmic solution to the horrible defense and kind of a reversal of 2011? Yeah, totally. I, I was looking at because uh, Stephen wrote about him as well. His numbers with Arkansas haven't been very good the last couple of years. Um, I don't know if you can chalk that up to just they didn't have good players or whatever, but it, it just it, it doesn't feel like a huge deviation from Glenn Spencer. It just feels like you're kind of bringing in the same type of um, coordinator or coach or, or whatever, right? Like, I, I think if I think if you make a change, it needs to be like, and you you said this earlier this year, it needs to be drastic. Like, you need to go either swing for the fences with a ton of money or get whoever the Marcus Arroyo is of, of defense, you know, on, on that side of the ball and just, and just go crazy with it. Um, so to me, I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be in the camp that, that would be excited about bringing somebody like that on. Yeah. I, I tend to agree. And he's, he's already paid more than Glenn Spencer too. Is your, is your boy Marcus Arroyo going to Florida state by the way? I haven't heard anything about that, but I'm just only imagining the the, the type of uh, <laughs> athlete he would recruit at Florida State. He brought <laughs> in he he brought in uh, Justice Hill, J.D. King, and we haven't even seen Chuba yet, and that's at Oklahoma State. What's I'm he glad you brought. To- I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I was listening to the radio broadcast uh, o, o, OSU game against Kansas. Yeah, and Robert Robert Allen said he was talking to one of the Kansas coaches, and they were talking. And the coach was talking about Justice Hill or whatever, and Robert brought up Chuba Hubbard, like, like didn't even. He's like, "Well, wait till wait till Chuba Hubbard plays," and he, he just kind of glossed over the story. It's like you didn't even mention J.D. King, who got like forty carries at West Virginia. So that that tells me that like Chuba Hubbard's doing things in practice that have them excited because I don't think Robert would just bring him up a guy that's redshirting. Like, why would he even? Why would he even bring that up to a Kansas coach? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm all in. That's Gone. that's, that's intriguing. Him. Yeah, that's intriguing. They're gonna run uh, it 75 times a game next year. Record for next season. This guy had a great breakdown. Buckaroo. He has him going six and six. You want to go through the games? Yeah, I I do. I love doing this. There there's no way you can do this too early. I know the 2017 season isn't over, but I'm in. Let's do it. Uh, he says Missouri State. Is that Missouri State? Missouri State win. South Alabama win. Yeah. Uh, Boise State. Uh, their quarterback returns and they're ten and three. Uh, that it's would be a bad. That'd be a bad loss at home. But as we've seen this year, Boise Oklahoma State's State, good. 
Oklahoma State's apparently not a good – yeah, but you can't be playing a non-Power 5 team at home and losing. I, I don't – it doesn't It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm going to count that as a loss. Wow. I'll say it's a win. Based on what? Spencer Sanders scores seven touchdowns. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> Texas Tech at home, win. Gundy owns Texas Tech. Yeah. Can- at Kansas, win. Iowa State at home. When I would assume it'll be interesting, of course, because it's Iowa State. I don't know. I think Iowa State's going to be pretty good. They don't bring back their quarterback. D- they, they don't. They don't pass. They don't do anything. <laughs> is that Montgomery guy back? Yeah, I think he is. He's yeah. back, and they have a great defense. So, so you count that as a loss? Uh, I will go. It's just so, it's so hard to know what Oklahoma State's going to be without knowing what the quarterback situation is going to be. Yeah, you know, like I, I just. Do you want to quit? Do you want to quit this exercise? No, no, I, I want to do it. I want to do it. Um, I'll say, I'll say loss against Iowa State. Okay, so we're even. Uh, at Kansas State, loss. I'll say loss too. Uh, <laughs> bye week. Gundy kills turtles. Tie. That's <laughs> <laughs> the best part about this question. Uh, Texas at home. I'm gonna say loss. Uh, they held OSU to ten in regulation this year. Yeah, I know. I'll say loss. So that's three in a yeah. row for me. Yeah. Uh, at Baylor, I'm gonna say win. Yeah, Baylor's gonna be. They're gonna be better. They they weren't that bad this year. I know the record was atrocious, but yeah. They they got better as the season went on, but I'll, I'll say win as well. And he's recruiting well too at Baylor, shockingly. Uh, at Oklahoma, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I just wanted to see what you'd say first. Yeah, yeah obviously a a, a th- that's got blowout potential. Yeah, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray score like the the greater Spencer Sanders scores eleven touchdowns. Uh, let West Virginia at home. I'm, I might say I might say win. I mean, yeah, they lose they lose everything. I'll I'll say win. Yeah, uh, and then at TCU, I'm gonna go loss. Uh, so this for me would be the difference between eight and four and seven and five. Um, I'll say loss. Oklahoma State's not very good in November. They're not. Uh too many unknowns for me. I'm going to say lost to at on the road at TCU last game of the year. So, so what is what is that for you? Seven and five. Yeah, yeah, that's that's me too. I I think if you, I think next year if you're eight and four or better, that's that's pretty good. Like that's a positive for the program. It's very 2012, isn't it? Yeah, and they went seven and or they went eight and five, so they won the bowl game. Is that right? Yeah, they beat Purdue. They went. They went uh, seven and five. I thought they went like. I thought they went nine and four. No, no, they went. They went seven and five and won the bowl game. They went eight and five. Okay. Because they lost. I mean, I think the non. They lost the non-conference to Arizona. They lost Texas. They lost OU. They lost at Kansas State by a lot. Yeah. And they lost. How's that that game? Another game. I don't remember. Maybe West Virginia. Yeah, you're you're replacing your quarterback. A lot of unknown there. I see a very. I think eight and four would be a good good year. 
they lost Baylor that year. Yeah, eight and four would be a, a yeah, it'd be fantastic. Nine and three would be out of this world. I mean, you lose everything and go and have the same record as you do in 2017. Gundy would ask for a raise. <laughs> he would deserve it actually if he did it that year. Uh, let's see. What else? What else we got? We got anything on Facebook? Uh, we had a few. Um, how'd you feel about the Arkansas hire, Chad Morris? It's fine. Yeah, pretty meh for me. Yeah. He will run a spread, which I think they have to do at Arkansas. They can't run, as you saw with Bielema, they can't, they can't run. Man, I, uh, I still, I'm, I'm still bummed about the the Mike Leach thing. I thought, I, I think it would be so interesting. You see all these defensive coordinators uh, hired from other SEC schools into SEC head coaching positions, and it's like you just everybody's the same. They're all the same team, and it's like bring bring Mike Leach in. Let's mix it up. Let's see what happens. You know, at a, at a real school, not at Kentucky, not at at. Uh, Vanderbilt or something like that at a Tennessee at an Arkansas at an Ole Miss something something in of that nature those eight hours when I thought Mike Leach was going to be the coach at Tennessee were so oh, glorious yeah oh, they had yeah. the they have the vault the vol Navy there it's right on the water right by the stadium they could have <laughs> Leach driving in on a pirate ship but uh but I got to get going soon so you want okay. one more uh, wrap up yeah let's hear one more time from our sponsor Chris's University Spirit and then we will uh, wrap things up. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head to toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly. Shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson. uh, You want to end on uh, one or two more? Yeah. Do you have any? I'm not seeing any more. Um... Well, how, how, how about this? So how much of a factor did the off-season basketball news, meaning the FBI deal, uh, cause the lack of attendance so far? Do you think? I don't. I don't buy that. I think people have, are just kind of like. I, it seems like it's sort of been forgotten about. Not that it. I mean, it, it is a big deal, obviously, but I don't think that the general fan really thinks about it that much. Do you? I don't know. I, I think it. Uh, all you had to do was see how upset. Mike Holder was in those press releases. <laughs> I, I think a lot of fans feel the same way. That it really was an embarrassment for the program, and I don't know if that means they're just choosing to not go to the games because of that. But I, th- I think it certainly left a, a sour taste in people's mouths. As far as they were already probably down on the program as it was, and then that happens. You know, it's just one thing after another. So I, I don't think it's the reason, but I think it can play a little bit of a part. Uh, the, the last one, and I saw this a little bit on Twitter and, and also in the comments, is um, do you think it's a good thing that Oklahoma State fans are so frustrated by going 9-3 and three in, in this season, or, or does it matter? I think it's a good thing. I think it's a sign of progress. I mean, 
think back when you and I were in college, like nine wins was like a mythical journey that we never thought would see happen. Yeah. Uh, going bowling was a big deal back then. So no, it's, it's a sign of progress. And I think Gundy's right to a certain extent that they've kind of built it up to where that, that is the expectation to win 10 games and further. But I think the bigger frustration is just what this season was supposed to be with everything led up to this year with, with Mason and James Washington being seniors we're not going to see a team this good for at least two or three more years. So I think that's where the biggest frustration comes in. I think it's valid. I think they massively underachieved. They were favored in every game. They lost three at home. Huge disappointment. And I think that's why people deserve to be upset about Mike Gundy for flirting with Tennessee after that. It's a joke. Yeah, I thought it was a joke that he called it not a disappointing season. It is. Call it what it is. Like, People aren't going to hold that against you. I, I I get what you're saying. Like going nine and three is hard. It is. It is hard. But you set the expectations before the season. He did. I mean, he he said it. He's he told his team, "We're good. You guys are good. Go you know go out and do it." And then said and, Ty, said Tyron was going to be awesome. Didn't even throw him the ball. <laughs> you, you think that Gundy should have got a a pay decrease for how little he threw Tyron the ball? Yeah, and I, I, I thing I go back to, Kyle, do you remember how they all acted after the TCU loss? Like, yeah. Rudolph acted like it wasn't a big deal, Gundy, on down the line. It's like, that is where you lost your entire season. Yeah. Like, the lack of urgency after that loss was startling, and I think it's the one that's going to haunt them the most. So it's kind of, I didn't like how they handled that loss, and clearly, you know, they lost two more after that, but. Yeah. No, it's a disappointing year for sure. Well, James Washington is going to win the Bolitnikov tonight uh, on Thursday night. There, which is there's a- no chance. There's no chance he doesn't win that, right? No, like, no chance. Like people aren't people aren't just going to look at David Sills' touchdown totals and go, "Oh, he's he's got better numbers." Mm-mm. No, there's no way. Well, uh, I don't know how any I don't know how anyone would look at Sills and say he's better receiver. So I hope James you're Washington right. was uh, was an all American was not an all American last year. Did you realize that? Mm-mm. Where where are we at? What are we doing? He's been one of the better college receivers ever. He put his numbers up there. Yeah. So. Yeah. But so that'll, be, that'll be the third Belitnikov in eight years. Pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. Uh, what are you doing this weekend, Carson? I'll just be at work uh, here in Oklahoma City watching Thunder and uh, counting down the days to the Camping World Bowl, baby. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> okay, Carson. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, we will talk to you next week. All right, man. See you then. See you.